0: A brand new hour here on the Guy Benson Show. It is fresh, our second of three hours, middle hour here on the program. GuyBensonShow.com is our website. We air 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time every single weekday. And then it's around the clock on demand for free, the whole show, on our podcast. GuyBensonShow.com every day. GuyBensonShow.com. Fox News alert as we begin this hour. Just a tough day on Wall Street. The Dow hammered down... 622 points at the close, ending at 34,310. NASDAQ closed 15 percentage points below, or 15% below the high. And it was the worst day for the Dow of the year. I know it's still early, mid-February, but the worst day of 2022 for the Dow. With us now is House Republican Whip Steve Scalise, a Republican of Louisiana, and we are broadcasting from Louisiana today and tomorrow in New Orleans. He represents the first district in Louisiana, author of the book, Back in the Game, One Gunman, Countless Heroes, and the Fight for My Life. Congressman, it's great to have you back here on the show, and it's great to be in your state again.
1: Hey, Guy, and uh, welcome to New Orleans. You got to go get some charbroiled oysters, eat some great food, and uh, I know uh, folks are really glad to have you there.
0: We had a fabulous meal at what's it called? Pascal's the other night. Which Pascals I Manali, think is,
1: barbecued shrimp.
0: Oh, yeah. Had some of that barbecued shrimp, had some gumbo, did the thing, and we've got a really <laughs> exciting dinner reservation tonight. Um, One of my favorite restaurants in the country, so really stoked. When you come down here, you have to go and put some extra time in at the gym because the food is just so good, and it's not necessarily health food either, but it's delicious, so it's one of my favorite features of your state and this city in particular. Congressman, I want to start today this interview by playing you a soundbite. This is from the majority leader over in the other chamber. This is Chuck Schumer of New York talking about the issue of inflation cut seventeen.
1: The other side, sadly, seems oftentimes motivated by something else. Rather than working with us in a bipartisan spirit, our Republican colleagues seem more comfortable giving speeches that go on and on about rising costs without offering any solutions. Complaining about the problem doesn't make inflation better. Proposing solutions does. And that's precisely what Democrats will continue focusing on. Over the next month and beyond, Members from our side will continue offering a number of solutions, solutions that will lower costs and leave more money in people's pockets.
0: Okay, Congressman. So, forgive me here, uh, but he's saying, oh, you can't just complain about inflation. You've got to do things, and we've got solutions. Am I wrong, or is this the party, his party, the Democratic Party, that while whining that Republicans won't work with them on these solutions, have they forgotten that their solution is spending 5 trillion more dollars on wasteful spending. That was their plan. That's what they were just trying to pass on a partisan basis like a few weeks ago in the middle of crazy inflation. Their solution that I guess he's boasting about while banging on the Republicans is trillions in new spending. That seems like a very strange argument for him to try to make.
1: Yeah, Guy, and and maybe Chuck Schumer needs to go back to economics school. I don't know if he ever did, but clearly he he forgot some of the key elements of economics, and, and we might need to take him down memory lane and remind him, as you said, that starting last year when they got the House, Senate, and the White House, they started a massive spending spree unlike anything our country's ever seen to the tune of not hundreds of billions but trillions of dollars. And it was trillions of dollars to do things like paying people not to work Uh, you know to pay to bail out failed states and if you look at the results of it uh, they combine that with really really stupid energy policy where they shut down the keystone pipeline they banned drilling on federal lands and by the way every step of the way we had solutions we had bills that would have been should have been bipartisan to reverse some of these things that they were doing and they blocked every single one of them and so is it any surprise that costs were higher when the federal government was spending borrowing and spending trillions of dollars and shutting down American energy while Biden's begging OPEC to produce more Biden's begging Russia to produce more by the way that gave Russia billions of dollars to then go start moving on Ukraine those jobs and that energy should have been made here in America we'd be paying a whole lot less we were paying less than two dollars a gallon for gasoline before Chuck Schumer started his solutions which now gotten us over five dollars a gallon in his home state of New York so you know, we'll be happy to take them down memory lane and we'll be happy to show them the bills that will fix the runaway inflation. But it starts by reversing the failed things that they did, which is the big yeah. move to big government social. Or at least just stop trillions right? and shutting that yeah. stop. Just stop the bleeding and open up American energy again.
0: Yeah, I mean, that to me is a huge difference between the two parties right now. The Republicans are saying, OK, we see these trillions of dollars that have gone out the door including $2 trillion at the start of the Biden presidency, totally partisan, so-called COVID bill. And a lot of people are still waiting on those tests to show up at their house. They seem totally caught off guard, massive testing shortage at the holidays for the Omicron spike. Schools were saying, though, we we don't have enough money. We still need more money to open safely or to, you know, where did all that money go is the point. $2 trillion. That was just under, that was not a bipartisan spending bill as some of the other ones yeah. were in the and heart the of the way, pandemic they
1: took, cities like chicago took two billion dollars just to chicago to open up schools and then they turned around and bowed to the unions and shut the schools yeah. down close them get again that money back that would be a good and, where, and where'd start, the money start. go
0: on if it's not going to schools and and it's not going to making sure we have more than enough right. testing two years into this thing what are they spending on and the republicans look at all this and say okay we think with the cost of everything going up and inflation being a problem at the very least we should stop spending trillions stop in new dollars yes and what the democrats say is well uh no, we want to work with you on a bipartisan basis and if you don't want to work with us then it's your fault and our solution to the inflation is to spend 5 trillion more in new spending. It's it's pretty mystifying
1: actually Congress. How about you take the money that they gave to the unions and give it to parents and let parents send their kids to a school that's willing to educate their kids in person instead of giving it to union bosses who are shutting the schools down? That would be a good place to start.
0: That's exactly right. In the meantime – We have this interesting shift where the new refrain or the new mantra is, oh, the science has changed or the science is changing with some of these Democrats finally coming around on mask mandates and realizing this is a political liability for them at this point. So on a dime altogether, you notice that the science all changed all at once. And of course, that's ludicrous. The science has been quite clear for a while. The politics have changed. And that also apparently applies to the State of the Union address. We saw there was an NBC report yesterday that the White House was asking for new masking guidance from the CDC in time for the State of the Union address, which is not science timing, that is politics timing, and then just today it was announced that After all, Pelosi's plan to keep a very limited crowd at the State of the Union, that's out the window. They've decided that the science has changed and it's now safe to have everyone there for the State of the Union on March the 1st. I wonder, A, what you think of that, and B, if you have heard my proposal, which is to give the State of the Union response to Governor Glenn Youngkin right across the river, and if Pelosi, I guess this is now changing – with the so-called science, if Pelosi is going to lock a bunch of Republicans out of the House chamber and not let them in due to COVID for Biden's speech, have Young can give a speech to the House of Delegates packed house down in Richmond and the Republicans can go show up for that, send a message to the country, we're the party of normalcy, they're not. I guess Pelosi realized that another empty State of the Union would be very bad theater for them and thus the science has changed.
1: Yeah. And what you're seeing is on the Democrat side, they're more concerned with political science than medical science. And this has been going on for over a year. I mean, you just watched the Super Bowl. You had 73,000 people there. and By the way, all your favorite celebrities were there without masks on. The governor was there. The the mayor of L.A. who tells your kid he can't be 10 feet away from the teacher without a mask on, but he's there without a mask on. I guess he was holding his breath the whole time. Uh But look, I think last year, their concern was that there are not a lot of their members that want to be seen with Joe Biden because his numbers are in the tank. I think maybe 65% of Democrats say they want a different nominee in 2024 for president. Uh, That's Democrats in the polls. So people are fed up with their big government socialism and what it's done to drive inflation and high gas prices and an open border and a debacle of an American foreign policy that's an embarrassment all around the world to the point where Russia, China, you know, go look. I mean, Afghanistan was the first to uh, To show the world just how failed of a policy this guy's got, uh, but you know this is why we're working to take the house back. I think people are fed up. But Youngkin would be a great response. Tim Tim Scott was a phenomenal response. Oh yeah. Uh, you know maybe the first time that the response to the State of the Union was better than the State of the Union itself last year. The left went nuts because Tim did such a phenomenal job. You know Yunkin, I think would draw more more viewers. Uh, then Joe Biden, if if Youngkin gave the response, I'd love to go see that, too.
0: I want to ask you about something that we talked about, Congressman, in the previous hour with Carl Rove, and that is one of the things that actually, one of the few things that worries me for the Republicans this cycle is disunity and infighting. I think the Democrats are in huge trouble for all the reasons that we understand. You've articulated some of them. The numbers are horrific for Biden right now. And look, we're nine months out. is a long way to go. But I see stories about the RNC censuring Republican members and all these primary challenges even to incumbents because it's, you know, wrapped up in loyalty pledges and loyalty fights looking backwards to the last president, the last election. And, you know, with the legitimacy of that election, I see that Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader, has now come out and endorsed an opponent, a primary opponent of a sitting member in Liz Cheney. Is this a healthy thing for a party? To be fighting each other over an old battle when the danger right now in front of us, obviously, is unified democratic governance and the Biden administration. Are we are we risking on the conservative side of things on the right? Are we risking not maximizing our potential victories by engaging in a something of a circular firing squad over something that's in the past?
1: And look, I mean, political infighting is nothing new. It's, it's something that's been going on on both sides as, as long as I've seen politics. I mean, my focus is on what we need to do to flip seats that are held by Democrats over to Republicans so that we can fire Nancy Pelosi and win the House. Uh, look, I was in uh, San Antonio, Texas last week. I made a big swing through Texas, probably raised about a half a million dollars in our efforts to take the House. But when I was in San Antonio, AOC was also in San Antonio. We were not there hanging out together. She was there campaigning against two sitting Democrats that she's trying to beat in their primary. And so, as you can see, it's, you know, it's going on some in both sides, but everywhere I go, voters aren't talking about that. They're talking about those kitchen table issues. They're talking about inflation, jobs, the economy, uh, that, you know, you can't find workers if you own a small business. And they're talking about the border. They're talking about high gas prices. And they recognize that Joe Biden is the one who created this working with Pelosi and Schumer, and they want to get rid of this. They want to reverse it and I think we're going to see a very historic election uh, in November where Republicans win in a lot of places that you might be surprised. I mean, look, yesterday a new poll came out in New Jersey, and Tom Kane, uh, the Republican candidate uh, who's running against Malinowski, is is dead even, and Malinowski's below 50. And that's in a congressional seat in New Jersey. We're going to win in a lot of places this November. So I think you're seeing mostly unified Republicans. There's always been, you know, the factions on both the Republican and Democrat side that that sometimes clash but I think most people are unified in beating big government socialism and even Democrats are starting to come our way because they recognize and and again you saw it in Virginia Virginia is not a purple state it's a blue state and they just elected a Republican in Youngkin who's doing a great job and uh, and so I I think it's going to be it's going to continue that trend for us and uh, you know let's just keep moving forward and, and keep the focus where it needs to be.
0: Got to leave it there. House Republican Whip Steve Scalise of Louisiana. Great to be here in New Orleans, Congressman. Talk to you soon. Thanks for dropping by today. We're
1: glad to have you in New Orleans, Guy.
0: Take care. We'll be right back. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts.